Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Retail Adventures Podcast with Kaiser, Bender, Baum, Scott, and C. I think I got everybody. Who else wants to be part of this podcast? Come on down. <laughs> well, welcome back everyone. I'm not going to do a long intro because there's so many of us now. We need to all have a moment to talk, so it's going to take a long time. So yeah. let's just dive right in. All right, let's start yep. off with uh, quickly what's going on in retail in your country. So in the U.S., we are getting ready for Halloween and Christmas. There's still lots of great deals out there. People are going back to stores. Some states you have to wear masks, other states you don't. It's interesting, my son got married two Who weeks ago. It was gorgeous. Congratulations. Um, I know, it's so cool. And he got married in Wisconsin. So in Illinois, we're, you know, stay six feet apart, put your mask on. In Wisconsin, COVID didn't happen. Boom. So it depends. Did depends. you all wear cheese heads to the wedding or? I know <laughs> no, you guys are Green Bay Packers fans, right? He had a, he's a Packers fan. So it's yeah. a rehearsal dinner, which is, you know, more groom oriented. Um, I had a full size sheet cake, which would be the size of one of your t-shirts, Jason. Green Bay Packers jersey. What does that mean? Big. I mean, like normal, you know, man-sized cake. I'm a size medium for your... Uh... <laughs> okay, Jason, imagine a cake the size of your freaking t-shirt. All right, I got it. It said, John, it said Bender on it, and then 13, and it had the Nike logo and all this stuff. It was awesome. Jason, I got to live with it, okay? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how. Okay, no. It was the size of a man's medium to large. It was big. There you go. Yeah, yeah we're, we're not into body shaming on this podcast. All right, anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, let's move on to retail. There was no body shaming in that, sweetheart. Nothing. <laughs> no. What's happening? What's happening in Singapore, Jeremy? Pretty much, uh, pretty much the same, right? Uh, retail is, is still what it is, but uh, there has been uh, uh, even greater tighter measures on differentiated measures for the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. So, long story short, um, those who are vaccinated uh, can dine in. Now it's just two person. Previously, uh, previously the unvaccinated uh, can only dine in, in open air, what we call coffee shops and hawker centers. Uh, right now, the unvaccinated cannot do that, and the unvaccinated cannot enter any shopping malls. So that's kind of like the quick change now. And uh, the latest, latest tightening of measure will be that if you are still unvaccinated by the 1st of January uh, 2022, yeah, um, yeah, there's a whole host of things that could um, inconvenience you. Basically, you have to do a, 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 a test swap at your own expense. And that swap is only for 24 hours validity. So if you're going to be working in, in the office for five days, you've got to do that five times, yeah? So, uh, yeah, it's getting harder to be uh, unvaccinated. So that's the main change, yeah? You can't go into the shopping malls. There's a big war here, too, between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. And it's, it's kind of ugly. <laughs> yeah. I was reading yeah. about, was it Kyrie Irving, the basketball player, has been benched because he won't get vaccinated and uh, yeah. for the Brooklyn Nets. So, yeah, yeah, in New York, you have to be uh, you have to be vaccinated in order to work in New York. So, yeah, well, what, what happened? You go into a restaurant, you got to bring your card, right? In New York. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about yeah, the, 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 the basketball the... player? They're not allowed to play away games if they've not been vaccinated. And he's one of the top stars of the Brooklyn Nets. And uh, they turned around and said, well, you can't do home games either. So goodness knows how much he costs a year, but in the tens of millions of dollars. And he sat on a bench because he, and in the, the problem is it's now a standoff between them. 
and as a matter of principle we've got a little bit of that with soccer players over here where there have been some spreading within teams and there's a much lower percentage of soccer stars players having vaccination as against the, the main population so there's been a discussion again around high profile people whether they should set examples or you know the, the whole approach and it's not resolved yet really Mm -hmm. Isn't it New York, though, Jason, you have to have, because I know NRF is coming up. Isn't it New York, you have to have your vaccination card with you every place you go? Like, you can't you can't go to a trade show, you can't go to a, I don't think you could go to a sporting event unless you have a, a card. Uh, yeah, I know, um, like, Madison Square Garden and a few others, like, you have to have your vaccination card. I don't know about individual restaurants, I think, but uh, honestly... I'm not 100% sure. It might be in Manhattan. Uh, I haven't been. I haven't been since COVID, which is kind of crazy. It's the longest I've been without going wow. into Manhattan. But um, we're going to be going soon because my daughter keeps asking to go. So we'll find out. I'll tell you. I'm going I actually don't know how that would work for her because obviously she's under five. They're going to be vaccinating kids who are five and up as soon as next week, possibly here. So she just misses it. She still has to wear a mask though, right? Yeah, yeah. So so we wear masks because, you know, if she has to, then obviously you will too. Yeah, I mean we want her to feel like you know odd. Let's, let's talk about quickly yeah. Halloween. UK. So no, Halloween. we haven't we haven't covered UK. Yeah. Oh I thought yeah. no, it wasn't. Typical Americans forgetting yeah. about yeah. I know. Cutting me off mid-sentence, a bit like Boris. Um, but no, no. So we, we've got um, we're, we're in a situation where things are getting busy. I mean, I, I keep reading different statistical reports showing that footfalls down, sales are down, more stores are opening, more stores are closing. So there's inconsistency in the messaging. My experience is every week or two, I drive down to London to take a look around. And I drive 100 miles down a motorway, park my car and go on the underground. And the drive down for 18 months has been a doddle. You just sailed down and there's no problem. Suddenly the queues for rush hour were like they were pre-pandemic. And there's a car park for 400 cars at this underground station. And six months ago, there would be 30 cars in it. There are now 350 cars in it. And I'm having to park yeah. at the back. And that's my very simple crude barometer in that people are almost back to normal levels of movement with regards to traveling, as far as I can see. I haven't been on trains or any other public transport, certainly on the road. And what I'm finding is when I go into London, it is busy at a level that I couldn't say it was less than pre-pandemic. Um, now, it's interesting because there should be fewer footfall because of the working from home, because not everyone walking around London is is shopping They're You know, they're commuting yeah. and moving between offices. But when I go around, it doesn't feel like the activity is any less. So um, I think it's picking up. It's I'm, definitely picked up here that yeah. you could tell by the traffic to get into the city of the Lincoln Tunnel or the yeah. or the uh, Holland Tunnel. That, that's that's a fairly good barometer, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing is we're finding our um, our uh, COVID infection rates are going up to the point that certain countries in Europe are not allowing British people to fly in because they're concerned. We're only second to the US now. Uh, we heard that you guys might be going back uh, into lockdown. Is that true? What? No, there's talk, there's talk of maybe uh, we don't have to wear masks, but there is talk that maybe we'll be told we have to wear masks again beforehand. Now, we had the same issue this time last year 
and Boris, bless him, delayed to the last minute and there was worried to be locked down. There was sort of lockdown and then he freed it up over, over three days over Christmas, which made it pointless because that's the time when everyone <laughs> is going to be socialising. Um, but that is... Follow the science. We don't do preemptive strikes. We do closing the gate after the horse has bolted. We think that we the plan is her- herd immunity. It's a theory and the idea, let everyone sort of get it and there's less likely to be. He'll never publicly admit that because death rates will go up uh, inevitably with that tactic. But we think people within the in the medical profession have suggested it to me that that's what they think is happening, even though it's not labelled as such. But we're, we're never ahead of the curve with this. Apart from booking the, um, the actual vaccinations, we're ahead of everyone. Um, but that's the only time we have been, really. It's so sad. There was an article that said something like 30 to 40 percent of the deaths past this certain point could have been prevented in yeah. the in the total because of, well, a number of factors. But, yeah, it's one of them probably is that scattered uh, approach to reopening. With no uh, consistency. Yeah, no consistency. We, we've already gotten our booster shots because we're old. Wow. Good for you. <laughs> so here you go. All right. Let's talk about Halloween. So Halloween here is the second largest retail holiday. And it's a big deal, big. but we're finding that in some stores you can't find Halloween decor or there's not a lot going on with costumes. Jason, you were going to... I'm I'm dying to talk about this because... Have a rant. Have a okay. Rant, yeah, here goes. So I'm good for him. Right? Right? Okay. So on September 29th, not even the month of October, I walked into Lowe's. Lowe's, shame. I walked into Lowe's and expecting to find some halloween decor that we could decorate the front of my house with not even like major stuff i already did some of that but just like a a nice decorative pillow here or there or like a i don't know a cobweb something and they had like a tiny little end cap and and like this little small area for halloween it was like it was forgotten. I, I actually thought, did I miss Halloween? Is, is, was this October and I made a mistake? Like, am I a month off? They didn't, and have, they didn't have the giant blow-up section? Like there was nothing, George. No? Nothing, nothing, nothing. I mean, like, I mean, when I say nothing, I mean there was, like, one little tiny section. And it was off to the side. It was, like, forgotten. I wouldn't have, unless I was specifically, like, I, I think I got lost there on the way to the garden center. But no meanwhile... Point? Is there normally a big Halloween section at Lowe's? Because that wouldn't be my first choice for to go buy a Yeah, plug. they do. No, they they have the outdoor decor. Absolutely. I think Lowe's it absolutely has outdoor. And you know how I know this? Because there were four gigantic rows all dedicated to Christmas. So it's In like the they just bypassed the entire seat fall season and said to hell with Halloween, the hell to uh, Thanksgiving. By the way, you did it too. And I, I realize Thanksgiving's not a huge holiday shopping season except for you know like black friday but uh but but you know they just went straight to christmas and and i my mind was blown and i was kind of frustrated because as a shopper i I don't understand that for the life of me that makes me think well god i guess i should have gone halloween shopping in july it's probably queued up in the panama canal trying to get through from china is my is my thing (laughs) next time go to home goods they got a lot of stuff you know that I think about as a retailer, that there's two conditions that you ran into. Number one condition is that they they didn't take the stuff out of the back rooms from last year 
to put them out like everybody was fighting to do if they had that. If they did not take that out because it wasn't there, good for the, them back a year ago. But if they did miss it, then, then I would have a buyer on the carpet. Now, you know what? They're not going to put a lot in there because of the pandemic. They're, they're afraid to, to invest in inventory, obviously, that has a shorter selling window. So the point is, I think that they what they did is they missed the, the cream that's on the cake. And they should have probably, from my perspective, merchandised an entire shop right inside the front of the store. It may not be a, a lot, but what it would be is it'd be the first thing you saw and you'd think, uh, yeah, they got Halloween, which would make your probably perspective a little bit different than it is now. But like, even if it was a small amount, it yeah. still would make me think you guys forgot about Halloween. It's yeah. only because it looked like Christmas City in there. And mm -hmm. and I thought, my gosh, we got to go down there and buy Christmas now because it's October and we're or September and we're going to miss Christmas in Lowe's. So in my neighborhood, in my neighborhood and the surrounding neighborhoods, people were decorating for Halloween early to mid-September. So well, they were could, doing. No, wait, it could have been that they were sold out. I'm, I'm saying that I think people panicked on a lot of things. That could have been one of the categories people did, in fact, panic. I don't believe they panicked so much that when you walked in, that's all they had left. I would love to walk in that store and say to the manager of that store, take me to your stock rooms. I at, at least have Halloween stuff available, you know, after summer. Can, can I, I mean, <clears throat> Halloween is quite big here and getting bigger, but it's with rank amateurs compared to you guys. How do how are the media reporting supply chain issues? I mean, I mean the national media, not the trade media. Well, you know, are, are they sensationalizing supply chain issues you for won't, things you like won't this? get anything? Buy your Christmas stuff now. We're out of stock. Good luck getting it. It's going to be a lean Christmas. It's horrible what they're saying. In the but, but are you getting panic buying as a result? No. We, we had a fuel crisis a month ago because of our media. We, we have some issues in that there are it, there's global supply chain issues with backlogs and deliveries and boats and stuff like that. But in our country, a lot of the delivery drivers were European. And because of the Brexit, a lot of them have gone back and the, pan, and the pandemic as well combined. A lot of them. Are, so they're, they're struggling. One of the main fuel suppliers said, Oh, it's, it's getting quite difficult to supply the fuel to the forecourts. The media got hold of this. There were massive queues. And for about a week and a half, no one could buy any fuel in the whole country. And it was because of the media. All of the fuel companies go, we have the fuel. Just wait, we'll deliver it. And there were the photographs of people filling their car with 10 jerry cans, filling them up as well. Queues of 50 cars. One of my friends drove around for three hours he was worried he was going to use all his fuel trying to find more and oh, managed to yeah, find somewhere six yeah. it was crazy but it was all because of the media yeah. and i think that they're now starting on oh my god christmas is going to be cancelled buy your christmas now and i thought haven't you learned anything because of the bloody fuel crisis this is know? toilet paper all yeah. over again it's exactly. toilet paper because it's you have toilet paper all you're over. dealing with humans and humans are stupid driven by <laughs> you know stupid <laughs> irrational behaviors and the national i mean you know what our media's like anyway they have the worst reputation in the world and they would happily sell a few more copies and leave everyone unable to travel to go to work and visit friends because they've sold some. Yeah, my, my mom was worried about buying my daughter her birthday gift 
And so she's like, I need to leave like a few weeks. She bought it. It was there like the next, it was like two days later she got it. And, you know, so I don't, I think it depends on where you're buying from. I think it also depends on where you live for sure um, for distribution. But I I don't know if it's as bad as they're claiming. There's there's a couple of things that are happening right now. Um, Amazon just started here, Amazon local selling where they're offering customers in-store pickup in independent retail stores or you can get really fast delivery. And Michael's just announced that they're going to start selling um, handmade items and things from local makers and crafters on their website. And there's a a big push right now. And we're, we're, we're right behind it, pushing it hard to shop local shop craft stores, shop independent, because it seems like the big stores are the ones that are saying, we can't get it. We won't get it. But we talked to our smaller customers and we talked to a fabric store the other day. They have all the fabric they need. Is that different than Amazon Handmade? Let me tell you what they're doing. And this is brilliant. And the big people aren't getting it. Is that the smaller stores are moving merchandise up to the front lines of the store. When you first walk in, you go, hey, this is like, you know, this is like two years ago or three years. This is wonderful. It may not be the greatest stuff in the world, but it's all there. But the store looks full. The store looks full. I was in a um, in a department store the other day. We got sunlight on our faces. Department store the other day, and they had no merchandise and it was just spread out to the point there were dance floors. I mean, you're, you're better off merchandising a smaller space and curtaining off the rest of the store than spreading everything out instead of having dance. In the UK, we've seen uh, certainly in the grocery sector, whole bays where there should be fresh, like fruit and vegetables, and they're printing a panel of the vegetables and putting them into Um, the pallets uh, to cover it. And then we've got uh, on a lot of shelves, they're blocking out and printing panels to fill the space. And it's quite interesting because someone commented, and I agree with them, this could be a great way of trialing range reduction. Uh, rather than ramming everything that you possibly got on the shelf, reduce it and communicate more. And I'm a huge advocate for that. Although the applications I've seen have been terrible. But you're seeing that that issue there in the you, you've got these empty shelves. And you oh, I, saw, I saw a wonderful word, Asda, who were owned by Walmart. And there were five bays of Lynx Africa deodorant because that's obviously all they had is. So there were literally Michael stores shelves with this on because yeah. really, it's the only product they had in the category, but only one deep. I saw that was, in uh, the store. I, I love the creativity, but you can just. And I, I got friends who work at Asda, and I forwarded it to them. I went, is, "Is this your store of the future strategy?" And they were horrible. <laughs> there are retailers yeah. that are doing that. You know, yesterday on, on Retail Wire, one of the things that we were asked to comment on was uh, the article was talking about how retailers here are going to be doing less discounting into the holidays. They don't have the merchandise. You'll be lucky if you get it, pay it full price. So they're having less sales. And my response was, you can't tell that from my inbox. One of the comments was from the Gap where a spokesperson from the Gap said, we've been to We've been able to, I'm paraphrasing, we've been able to step step back on the number of sales that we're having. I had more than 15 emails offering me discounts from the Gap and Old Navy, more than 15 since Saturday Saturday and yesterday was Tuesday. So, you know, we're talking about you can't get the merchandise. They're not going to discount all this stuff, right? Right. But that's not what's happening at the retail counter. 
So I don't know. How about you? Yeah, how about the UK and Singapore for the holidays? Halloween is not a big thing here. At most, people dress in those who are more westernized or you know yeah. give it use it as an excuse to dress up. Yeah, maybe <laughs> people would do it, but mostly now not not much of that. Not to any extent close to US or even the UK, right? Um, uh, in terms of uh, supply shortage, uh, not that anything made the news. Not that I know, because you know. Hint, hint. I can't go into shopping malls now, so I don't know. <laughs> I, can't, I can't give you the live update. <laughs> so, uh, but I don't think there is any any supply issues. Uh, we're quite small. Uh, we get our things all over the world anyway. We don't have our own produce, or at least not to an amount that's uh, able to sustain the entire nation. So we have always had established all these uh, trade lines, right? Um, but obviously, the last time when some ship was stuck in the Swiss Canal, that impacted us a bit. But of late, I don't think so. Um, not not as much of a shortage as you know the picture you guys are painting. I'm not so sure about Christmas. I was gonna say, what about Christmas? Yeah, not not so sure about Christmas, but um, uh, I I recently had a chat with my colleague, um, the, the manager over in Australia, New Zealand. I think it's it's happening there. Australia, New Zealand, by nature, are very far from everyone else, so they are already experiencing this kind of a shortage in terms of. Uh, having to place your order two weeks in advance before you get what you need uh, on daily stuff. So I think they are already experiencing that. Over here in Singapore, um, not so much. For Christmas, I'm not sure what the word is around that um, because uh, 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 there isn't sort of this kind of message like whereby you know, you're going to experience shortage order now. Not, none of this kind of push. So uh, probably, probably also because it is not as huge a, a celebration as, uh, mm -hmm. you know, where, where US and UK is. Yes, there's still a population here that celebrate Christmas, you buy gifts and all that, but it's not, you know, not like the Chinese New York extent where right? everyone yeah. is involved. Yeah, yeah. So, um, mm, not, nothing much here, really. How's Christmas, ordinary. How's Christmas looking in the UK? It's it's not that obvious in the stores yet. Like I say, traditionally, it's, it's November the 1st when Christmas kicks in the moment, Halloween's gone. Um, you know, with regards to Halloween, I... I I've seen more promotion of Halloween in food stores than, than uh, any other type of store where they're, you know, pumpkin based and using the pumpkin as a driver, island and front of store promotions. But I've not seen as much um, as, as in previous years. I think our supply chain issues are probably more local in, like, as I was saying earlier, it's not getting it to the UK, it's getting it from the ports to the stores is the biggest issue here because of there are not enough people driving lorries. There are, the, the government has relaxed some of the visa laws for Europeans to come back in as lorry drivers. There are apparently quarter of a million people who were heavy goods vehicle license and not doing it anymore and they're approaching them going would you like to come back some companies like amazon and tesco are offering you know a few thousand pounds as a signing on bonus for people who come back so so that has been the real issue and like i say you you've got a lot of empty shelves particularly in the grocery stores more than anywhere else my little corner store i mean i burst out laughing i went in there to get some milk the other day and half the shelves were empty and they were fitting new shelves on top and I went, why are they making you fit that? You can't even fill these. And she goes, I know it's crazy, but there were specific promotions that were having additional shelves while maybe a quarter of the store was empty. It's, I, mean, it's I went in and bought the last loaf of bread from two bays of bread, you know, in a little local corn store. She went, yeah, second day running, our deliveries haven't arrived. So, so that's so, the, yeah, we're, not yeah. we're not seeing that here. 
Kian, sounds like the problem in UK is really multifaceted in one hand that you have the Brexit issue, you have delivery drivers issue, you have the media, and yep. you're really not sure how much of the actual supply not getting into the shelves yes. is the problem, as in. So yeah. only time will tell. But yeah. it's, it, it, was, it was funny because I, I, I saw it, it was a comedy sort of chat show and they sometimes get um, politicians to join. <laughs> and this lady, she's a very outspoken, she's not a you know, conformist um, politician at all. But she, you know, she was, they were saying, well, how are you going to sort out all these issues? Because I had a very interesting phone call um, and she said uh, it was with a senior diplomat from a country where we normally advise on food supply issues. And I think she was alluding to Russia where you have these issues. Uh, and she says, we're normally telling them off for how they, they sort things out. And she said, before I could say anything, he leapt in and just burst out laughing, going, for years, you've been telling me how to sort out the supply chain of my food. Look at all your shelves. And she goes, I, I didn't have a response, you know. So it, it is, you know, a lot of people are saying, breaks. I mean, we are laughing stock in Europe. You know, the um, the European press are just laughing their heads off going, you know, they all think it's Brexit. And I think Brexit is an element. But like you say, media, media supply chain, the pandemic, it's, it's almost like a perfect storm of individual elements mm. that in isolation mm. wouldn't have caused the problem. And but the yeah, moral of the story is, Ian, you're going to have to learn how to bake bread. Yes, it's easy. And and I need to shop for Halloween in uh, in in May. What <laughs> what you need to do, Jason, is get your daughter to make it in the craft classes at school, so she can make her own. Yeah, we already cut the arts, so uh, no, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right, you're right. We're we doing do that, that here as well. We reduce the funding on our based education Jason, now. Yeah, there are a gazillion stores that have holiday out the roof you just happen to go to one that didn't have the wrong one no they do they do have it they have they had four rows of christmas so they just they just moved on at uh, at lowe's that's all jason's brand loyally and he goes to lowe's that is his no it's it's just reason. it's the closest one <laughs> that's, that's the human instinct there the laziness yeah. path of least resistance Ex exactly yeah. so rich and i are pretty excited that now there's a lot of stuff online when when black friday when Black Friday happened before people were selling online, Rich and I would have to get up at midnight and, and go out to all the local malls and watch and interview people standing online, waiting wow. to go into the stores. And we did that for years and years and years. And we were always interviewed about it. We have all the information about, here's what's happening online at Walmart. Here's what people are doing at Target. Here's what they're doing at Meijer. We're grateful we don't have to do that anymore, but um, <laughs> we probably will. Because I think that the, I think don't you miss it? The, the, the surprise strategy will be for Black Friday. Stores are going to drop bombs. They might not have a lot of items, but they're going to have okay, items but, to drive. Look, it's it's all about first purchase. If if I can get yeah. your money first, you're going to spend more with me. And let if I if I let you go to three other stores and then come to me, you know what? You're getting taxed out. But you don't have to wait in line anymore. Because well, I, I don't think you will. Then now there are apps that put your place in line, or it's the equivalent of an online wristband. When you check in, that's oh, your yeah, place that's in line. Good. So we don't have to go out at, at midnight in the snow anymore. And hey, what are you buying? Um, you don't have to do that anymore. But if, <laughs> if, if you don't show up, somebody else gets it tomorrow. Black Friday is big. Uh, and it's obviously, it's almost like a national holiday here. And the naysayers say, oh, Black Friday is not that important. Walmart has already rolled out yeah. some of its Black Friday deals, and it's doing it three times in front of Black Friday. 
we're hearing about it from other retailers. So I don't know. I think it's going to be a big season. Well, you know what? Nothing makes anybody work harder than an empty stomach. So if all of a sudden, if I walk in a store and that store has got nothing to eat, boy, oh boy, it's my store. I'll do everything I've got to do to get something in there. I and love that analogy, except on Black Friday, because it's literally the day after Thanksgiving. So everyone's full. So that doesn't work. That's a great... I love it, but it doesn't work for that specific, very specific holiday. But it works as Rich's t-shirt of the podcast. So what did he say? Oh, yeah, there you go. We don't remember. What did he say? Uh, I, I don't know. Got to get a foot in. It was a really good quote. We'll play the tape back. We'll play rewind later. <laughs> None no, of us can remember. Here's what I'm talking about. You know what? Retail is tough right now. I believe that. I really do believe that. If you're a winner and you're edgy, you're going to do it. You know, George Ann says that, uh, I can't remember what store that you said, you know, you can get a number and then you get that number and you can go in and buy it. Oh. So, all right, I'm a retailer. Or you be a retailer. I've got a television on sale for Christmas. And number 14 is not showing up and it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. What would you do? Take the sale with somebody else? Or would you wait for number four to never show up? So what I'm saying I think, is, I think your app takes care of that. You have a certain window Amazon, yeah. as to when you have to pick up. The yeah, because and know, and same with Amazon know. has that window. They all have the countdowns. I I will say though, George, George, you said something that was really telling to me was you said it's going to be a really big season with talking about Black Friday. And I know you mean holiday season, but hasn't Black Friday become a season unto its own? There are Black Friday deals that start November 7th. I there know. are Black Friday deals it's that start Black November Friday 1st. Spring and Black, Black Week. There's Black Friday all over the place. But you know what? It's still a day. Because remember, Rich and I work a lot with consumers. It's still a day a where people are online on Thanksgiving and their downtime, they've eaten their online or before and they're looking to see what the deals are and, and where they're, they're going to go shopping. and where they're going to sign up for. And, and they're looking at, they, or they get the paper. There's still a giant paper that has all the flyers and things in it. And they're, they're mapping out. We're going to go to this store first. We're going to go to that store. Then we're going to go to the mall. Then we're going to go here. It's, it's a, it's a social event. So here's, here's what I say. If you're a retailer and you got an empty belly, good because that hunger will make you do things to draw them in there on, it is on black friday there, that was it that was the quote guys that was the quote guys <laughs> you're forgetting that before black friday there's singles day 11th of 11th that makes black friday look like a car boot sale tell us about, <laughs> exactly tell us wow. about singles day i, I just yeah. I, I have to say one thing though before you tell us about singles day i yeah. i just read something about some guy one guy who sells makeup on Alibaba and he oh, yes. had some event and he sold one and a half billion dollars. No, no, no. They're, they're, they are incredible. They're incredible uh, uh, live stream guys. So this guy, I, I know who you're talking about. I think he's called Mr. Lipstick or something. Yes. That's all he does. He sells lipsticks and it goes in like in, in the millions, right? He does live sales and he, so he's one of them. Um, you guys would have heard of this other live caster uh, called Via. So she's the number one live salesperson. So I think herself and another guy are going to be hosting on uh, uh, on on sorry Singles Day. I think over Alibaba's channel, they've done the same last year. They'll push in, they'll push out millions of 
millions of dollars of products within like the first hour that kind of thing. So uh, the, the, the statistic i remember jeremy the first yeah. billion dollars of sales took one minute and 25 seconds Good. Not surprising yeah. and there were one billion packages wow. out for delivery after after singles day one billion okay so so this this is the interesting thing because this year for singles day the day doesn't change but you know what's going on in china right they have the power and electricity uh, crisis issue. Uh, of course, there's this whole uh, 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 major uh, housing Evergrande, uh, this debt uh, issue that could be become a global uh, uh, financial crisis. But I think that sort of smoothened over. Um, so the economic outlook and, and together with this whole common prosperity theme thing, right, where the Chinese government is trying to shift uh, make a lot of changes to the, the, the lifestyle of the people to promote common prosperity rather than having the rich getting even richer and have that disconnect between the rich and the poor, uh, the, the, that divide to try and close the gap. And with all these things going on, then the question will be, will single states still be as big as um, the previous years, right? Because it seems like they are trying to outdo every year, right? But there is a limit to how much more you can sell in a single day, right? Right. depending on the economic situation. So I don't know. I think they are they are caught in this whole thing about, you know, it's just like chasing your own tail. You're trying to outdo yourself every year, push out even bigger numbers. I think this year will be interesting to watch because of all these different things going around, um, you know, in, in happening in China. And this single stay, I don't know that much about it. I'm going to, I know a little bit to be dangerous, mm -hmm. but is it only in China? Okay, the thing is this, it started, the reason why it's called Singles Day, because I think it started in some university as a, a joke, right? Um, that these yeah. people... The anti-Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so, so they shop and buy things for themselves. Then it caught on, um, Alibaba, I think, was the first one to, to start that. And then it caught on and it became bigger year after year after year because of the ridiculous uh, sale uh, discounts on that day. So, so it became so huge that uh, especially in Singapore, right? Every month you have a, a online sale day because as long as it's the same double digit, it's a sale day, right? 2nd of February, 3rd of March, 4th of April, 5th of May, you get the story, yeah? yeah, yeah. But um, but Singles Day will forever be the biggest. And um, over the years, right, uh, rather other than the, the huge discounts, it's become a, you know, performance thing, you know? I think in the past before... Um, uh, Jack Ma stepped down he even turned up and do some performance gigs mm -hmm. it become an entertainment show together with the sales running in the background they have this huge screen showing the numbers of how much is being sold and all that now you it's all about live streaming as well <laughs> and uh, every other retailer is also doing this right so it's become a huge huge um, China shopping day and over the past few years as well they have pushed it like a week before they start uh, everything and then they push it even before so now it's like two weeks before, mm -hmm. things are already going out. But of course, when the clock strikes 12, uh, midnight on 11-11, that's where all the flash deals come in. The really, really big juicy deals. So I think that's that's the way they, they play it. And uh, um, physical retail as well has joined in as well because uh, it's not just only online. The physical deals are also good. So people also go walk around um, in the stores on 11-11. So do you sit at your computer on 11-11? Do you sit at your computer on 11 yeah. 11 looking for certain items? I don't have to. I don't have to do it on 11 11, right? Because every every month there's a different day, right? So like on 10 10, oh, there's a deal. Let's check out the 10 10 deals, right? I don't usually wait for 11 11. Uh, however, uh, point to note, um, I, I 
for, for, the, for the work I do for my company, I recently done a survey, which I will probably release very soon um, to the internet. Um, we did conduct a survey for, for China in terms of which are these big shopping days that you would prepare to spend money, right? And by all measures, um, Singles Day is top. Uh, I think I'm looking at the, the numbers, the results here, right? 72% of the respondents of about 1,000 of people in China say that they are willing to spend on um, Singles Day. The next one, the next one is 41% and it's Chinese New Year. Then everything else is just pales in comparison. Yeah. Uh, there, it is not a holiday in Christmas. It's not a public holiday for China for Christmas. So really the big one is um, Singles Day by far, by far. I still can't get over selling a billion and a half in lipsticks. Oh, even even luxury bags. There's this guy. There's this guy called. Uh, there's this guy called Mr. Bags, as in bag, and he yeah. sells uh high fashion ladies uh, bags and accessories. Uh, all the major brands. Uh, I I think you know Louis Vuitton, Gucci, whoever they do collaboration with him, and he can push out millions of dollars of bags within like oh. that one live sale in one hour. Millions of dollars. The same- the same prices that you find in a Louis store or online? Yeah, but yes. Uh, or maybe even more, or maybe something special like a collaborative one-time event, like a special edition kind of thing. And they only push it through this one guy through his live chat, right? Wow. So, yeah. I mean, the the, the, show, the, the ship has uh, sailed for me. I no longer can be a live caster doing this kind of thing because it's all been taken up. So <laughs> I need to. I thought you were missing out on lipstick big... for a minute, for a minute, then, Jeremy, <laughs> when you said this, this ship had sailed. I thought the sure he's got some left for you. Don't worry. You can work from QVC. <laughs> no one will buy from me. <laughs> I would buy from you. <laughs> Thank you. you. You have an honest face, Jeremy. Yeah. Also, Halloween stuff. Audience of one. Yeah. Thank you. Honest face and a great laugh. Um, Ian, yes. Tell us about Situ Live. Yes, it's, um, this is a every, every once in a while. There's an interesting sort of retail idea that comes to market, and, and I think I talked about Souk in previous episodes, which is a wonderful format where you can rent by the hour of a space. But Situ Live is is a real focus on retail experience, and they they open this month in one of the Westfield shopping centres in London, and and the idea is they have created a number of different zones for different uh, product categories. Um, And they've employed actors and sort of performance people as staff. Um, And the idea is they will showcase these products. You can't buy anything in store, but if there's something you like, you can then click through through a QR code to a number of different websites offering the product. Uh, so that the idea is you, they sell the idea and the benefit and the features of those products and they then direct you to areas where you can buy it and you can choose which which um, you know supplier you, you buy from. And I've been intrigued. I had a, a call with the CEO, blimey, 18 months ago and then pandemic just culled all of their plans and they're finally able to open a few weeks ago. And I went in and I, and I was just really impressed because we took retail experience is one of these cliches that everyone is using now but this whole store was built around it is about that and the interesting thing is not a showroom for their own products it's a showroom that they curate for different brands to showcase and I was really intrigued by it because it was a new way of approaching things um and 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 I had a great chat with one on the CEO afterwards about what he's trying to do and and I genuinely think it's a a, a new way forward and I don't know whether you guys have any other sort of examples or it's not a, a physical showroom for a digital brand. This is a showroom where they don't own any of the brands, 
but they're curating space for brands to actually oh. showcase what they do. So George Ann's store has a space. Rich's store has product. Well, Jerry's it's 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 slightly product. different because then there is the smart lounge. So you go in and there's a sofa and there's, you know, it's dressed like, it's almost like an Ikea set. So you go in and you sit on the sofa and there are a number of smart technology features. And there's one person who is dedicated to that area. So they're trained on that area um, and they're brilliant. They present brilliantly because they're, you know, they're drama students and, and, and actors. So you get real engagement and they talk around and show you all these things. They explain the response questions and then they will show you how you can engage, use the QR codes to find out more right. or buy. If you want. Yeah. So you're going to ask a question, Jeremy? Yeah, I was going to ask because when you said they are actors, right? I was just wondering if they are really like acting out a scene, like a skit or a sketch within that area, or is it more of a salesperson type, you know? But it sounds oh, like no, it's more I mean, of they, a salesperson they recruit, type. They've recruited actors. So, yeah. so the people in there are actors and they've recruited them and they've recruited a few retail staff who are very outgoing and engaging. So, you know, they sort of fit the mold. And so they've trained, I believe they've trained them mm -hmm. in one area. So they're sort of experts in one area. But we found that the, the one guy showed us around when we went round. And they're very knowledgeable about the other areas as well. So they will showcase the product. I believe the brand's products that go in there, they actually train the staff so the product knowledge is comes direct from the brands so you get that direct right. uh, sort of training but then there's a generic training on how to showcase the whole offer as well so, and they're right. very uh, they have to be very eloquent you know and you could be in there and be listening to somebody tell you about some technology and go oh i saw her in the phantom last year last year <laughs> <laughs> with all due respect to with, with all due respect to the staff i didn't recognize any of them from film and tv um <laughs> but but they were they were brilliant they were some of the most engaging staff that i had come across so i thought that was genius to take that route because it you I know there was that. no no absolutely zero pressure to buy you know, and I know there are a lot of offers coming through where, you know, staff are not on commission, like the Apple staff, you know, they, they, they don't have to push to sell to justify their existence. You, you, know, you know what I'm thinking of right now is that I'm thinking about that perfect salesperson who, who just knows what to say. Yeah. How cool would it be if a retailer took only 50 percent of the training those people have? Just think of it, 50 percent. It said, let's train our people to that extent. That wouldn't be hard to do on our product. And then turn them on our customers. My God. Yes. I, I, that's I that's called experience. Yeah, that's experience. I, I mean, when I, when I was a student, when I was a student, I had a Saturday job and it was in an electronics store. So it was selling TVs and I'm showing my age here, video recorders, boom boxes, <laughs> Uh, I, I, my, my claim to fame was I sold the first CD player in the town where I lived. It cost £750 over 30 years. <laughs> but, but, but what was interesting is one of the loudspeaker companies invited us to look around the factory, gave us a tour. We saw how they made, sat in the sound room and listened to their products. I went back into the store and what you found was if people go, I'm looking to buy a loudspeaker, I would gravitate towards that brand. One, because I believe them. And two, because I could talk more comprehensively about the product, um, mm -hmm. so it's more convincing. And it's a wonderful investment in time. And I think more brands should do this, going mm -hmm. to stores, 
train the store staff. The store, I mean, you don't even need to incentivize. I was not getting any kickback for recommending their product. I just, I just resonated and gravitated to that product instinctively because I knew it and I trusted it. Um, mm. and, and I think that can work really, really well in a number of different ways. And it's uh -huh. a shame that that's viewed as a, 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 you know, an unnecessary expense where you get a massive return on investment if you do that. You know, there's kind of related, there's a, a service in New York City. I think it's called, it's a Broadway babysitting service. And the people that you hire to sit your kids are Broadway actors, singers, um, musicians, and they don't just come and spend time with your kid. They teach them, sing, let's have singing lessons. We're going to learn how to play this. We're going to learn how to tap dance or um, I think it's a great idea because it's a sector that there's notoriously high levels of unemployment. And on top of that, with the pandemic, you know, theatres have been closed for a long time. So I think it's great that there are those other outlets where those skills are appreciated rather than, you know, the classic cliches that you're an actor, you're a waiter, which is no use for the skill set. Whereas at least these sort of roles are utilising what they're trained to do as well. It may be perfect here too. We're having a hard time. You know what? I would like to walk stores. into one of the stores stores that have those experts in the store that, that really know. And I would like to just say to them, tell me three reasons why I should buy that television or tell me three reasons I should buy this and wait and listen to what they said. Well, they, obviously, they're going to say, well, look at the picture. I could have done that. Tell me about the picture. What's so great about it? And, and, Put in a and, voice for the guy from Camelot. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know what? <laughs> I call it the so what. I call it the so what test, Mike. Uh, um, Rich, yeah, exactly. it's like yeah, it's great pictures. So, why? How? Yeah. Give me a reason. Yeah. So this thing has sixteen speakers, and you know this and that, and you look and say, so what? Yes. Then, That's a feature. Give and, me the benefit. And let me tell you, if I could arm a team of salespeople from my company to sell the way sales should come, oh my God. I could change. I could change my world and that retailer's world at the same time. Think about yes. it. Well, know, there is a simple methodology that is very hard to actually implement, and it's like understand the reasons why your customer wants to engage and buy from you, and exactly. then work back from that so that everything you do is sense checked against. Does that fit that criteria? The biggest challenge is understanding all those reasons because they're different missions, different need states. You know, I, I get so annoyed when everyone's profiling by millennials, you know, so like what 500 million people are all the same, think the same and buy this. It's absolutely rubbish. <laughs> and you draw that artificial date. What about the person that's a day older? They're suddenly, they're suddenly a Gen Z, but they're only a day older, you know. And, and, and I get really frustrated because there we're humans. Similarities though. Well, in, so, in some ways, okay, I, I posted about this on LinkedIn. My 14-year-old son with his huge feet and his basketball and his rap music, when I was decorating and fitting out my new house, I let him choose his chair. There are six different chairs around the table, and my boys got to choose their chair. He chose a flowery chair that your old grandma would sit in. OK, and I went, are you sure? He goes, absolutely, and he loves it. So I put a picture of him playing basketball and that chair going, you have categorised this 14-year-old as one type. Do you really think that Ikea would have marketed that chair to him? Because that's the one he chose in the store. Why and, and what I'm trying to say is we're all individuals. And you can't group 10, especially when you get the younger groups, you're, you're, you're grading 20-year-olds with 10-year-olds. With 
You're yeah, going to tell me that a 10-year-old buys the same as a 20-year-old? Don't get us started on that because we're baby boomers. And the youngest baby boomers are like 53. But everybody thinks we're all in our 80s. You know, pretty good guys. <laughs> Sil- the silver pound or the silver dollar, I call it. Huh? But it, yeah, it is. You know, this comes back to the fact that... I think I'm too young for this conversation. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to have to... Uh... Touche. But, but we're all individuals, you know, and, and we, we, we alluded to it before in that the human is the variable here. And every individual human, you can group, okay, there are certain trends, but the moment you there put everyone in that category, trends. half the people don't fit. Anyway, okay, so so as the, as the youngest one on this podcast... How uh, do you know you're younger than Jeremy? Jeremy, how old are you? <laughs> Jeremy's look, yeah, seventy-five. Not... He's just got good moisture. <laughs> They're he's less he's less stressed now. <laughs> he's like been in the he's like in the army, of course. Uh, no, so yeah. I, can I just say that the one thing that we were all talking about is just a good positive experience for the customer. Like I feel like it doesn't it all just come right back down to that and knowledgeable oh, people who could talk about the product and make you feel good and hey entertain you why not right it just comes down to a good positive experience by the way the whole uh employing actors and and former um i don't know whatever show tunes thespians uh to to sell product has been going on in the jersey shore uh for a very long time there's an ice cream shop you can go to but if you order they make you sing the show tune. so you have to do it as the customer you have to sing the show tune. so they actually have it set up where it's like theater times with seatings and you go to the ice cream shop and it's like there's a seven o'clock seating, a nine o'clock seating, an 11 o'clock seating late night. And when you order the ice cream, cause it's an ice cream shop, there's different names based on, and and by the way, you can also order the, 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 the they're all like Sundays that have names from show tunes. So you, when they come out, you have to sing the song to get your ice cream. But if you order something plain, because they do have it, like, uh, you know, I always order like the black and white swirl or whatever, chocolate and vanilla swirl, you have to sing something ridiculous that you never even thought would be on there because it's so boring. They make you sing for it. So it's it's very cool. And the experience is great. And people go there from all over. But you imagine that your, your favorite flavor is a show tune you don't know. I mean, how does it go? I, 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 want, I want the pecan one, but I, I've not been to see that show. I don't know the song. I'm going to get the one I want. You, know? you still got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> They'll help you. They, they, it, they're all actors. It's great. I think what we're all talking about is the experience has disappeared from retail. Bring it back and you'll reap yep. Oh, we've been talking Absolutely. about that for years. Yeah, Hudson Yards, the giant, wonderful mall that opened just before the pandemic hit announced today that they're doing Broadway live at the mall. So every Monday from now until the hol- or November 1st until the holidays, um, they're going to do live Broadway performances at the mall. Cool. That would get me there. Cool. The singing That's ice cool. cream would get That's me there cool. too. Jason, um, you wanted to talk about subscription services that are now taking in members. Well, so this has been going on for a long time. It's no, no secret. Um, but yeah, I think it just goes back to that experience piece because um, I'm just seeing it more and more. Walmart has Walmart Plus. Amazon did it, you know, probably one of the first, well, not first ones, but they had Prime and, and were more successful. Hell, Apple really is the one that created the culture around their product, right, first uh, with ambassadors and um, what are they called? Um, what do they call them at Apple? 
Um, Geniuses. No, no, no. You're on your own there. They're like, in, anyway, they're, they're, they essentially created their own ambassador army of, of Apple products. But I think it's become more and more, you see it with Peloton, you see it all over where retail, it's not just the experience of shopping, now you belong. And you're going to get discounts for participating as a member. And it used to be, sure, you, you sign up for this credit card, you get some kind of discounts. Now it's, you don't even have to, to um, get a credit card. Now you're actually signing up and it's more like subscription, but we don't call them subscriptions, we call them members because you belong. You're and about, you're talking about loyalty clubs. Loyalty programs, key, but it's not loyalty anymore. Well, loyalty the, is different. Yes. Membership, that. you belong. Okay, American Express. And it's yours. That's and it's exactly American Express, different from Visa. You're a the member. Key, the key to that, though, is making it simple. So Amazon. So we've all probably got Amazon Prime memberships. I know I do. It's 12 bucks a month or whatever it is. But with that, I get I can order online and get free shipping and, and get it quickly. I get books every month. I get music for free. I can Video. watch Amazon Prime on television. There's Video a, games. A video games there's a gazillion things that i can do that i think that's the only thing i think that i subscribe to i have done in the past things where you know i'll, I'll i've subscribed to something one time called birch box it's supposed to send you mm -hmm. for 10 bucks every month to get a box about this big and it's got samples in it and after the first three boxes it was stupid and i wasn't getting anything that i could use and i canceled it um but i think that a lot of those things bank on the fact that you're going to order something and you're never going to use it. You're going to keep paying them. I know I do that with, yes. a, car, with a car. There's wash. a fundamental challenge with subscription absolutely suits the retailer because they're guaranteed regular income. The challenge is yep. how you turn that into value. Like you say, Prime do it brilliantly because they're just piling on value on top of value. Right. You know, the, the, the free deliveries alone for most people makes it. That's you know, a cash positive venture. And then you get the videos on top and all these other free, and they really do. And, you know, the difference is, though, Amazon is basically a data organization. You know, we'll touch on the four-star store and, you know, they just go and all that sort of stuff. They're, they're data gathering spaces. So to them, I mean, in many respects, they'd probably pay you to get that data. They've flipped it around. We'll give you some free delivery. And as a result, you will give us money and we get all of that insight as to what you're doing. Now, you look at someone like Peloton, though, and, I, you know, and I've said several times that Peloton has a short shelf life because, Anyone that's got a gym membership knows that half the people bail out. They all sign up after Christmas because they're all fat and they've eaten too much. <laughs> and half of the people have left by the summer <clears throat> because they don't want to do it. You've got human behavior to factor into this as well as the fact that, you know, I hate subscription because I don't know what I'm going to want next week or next month. Right. So I'm not going to give you money every month and then decide I don't I don't think I want it. <clears throat> Peloton are now discounting their bikes. You know, they had the pandemic, which actually helped them because of everyone staying at home. Well, and some of their product, some of their product hurt people or hurt children. And well, so I mean, got, I, I don't, don't want to get but that's a specific thing. But the problem you've got is you spend, I mean, the, the bikes over here were £1,500. They're now £1,300. And you pay the subscription. You have a fundamental issue here that when it comes to exercise, humans fluctuate in their intention and goodwill and endeavour to do that sort of thing so you'll get a mass fall off rate and 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 i joke that you know pelotons will become the most expensive clothes racks that you'll have in your house because you know 30 years ago everyone used to have those stationary bikes 
And they go, oh, I'll have it in their spare room. And they're all gathering dust and you're hanging all your spare clothes on them. And, and, and it's not a popular when I say it, but what, how is Peloton going to be different? It's exercise. It's subscription service, you know, and, and it's, it's sticking a, a, a tool in your room. And history has shown that all three of those have massive fall off rates. Uh, How is Peloton <laughs> going to be different? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I will. I don't know enough about Peloton, but I will just say that I think for, for so what I do for a full time job is sell subscriptions, right? Is membership. <laughs> uh, I could just say that great membership programs have something pr somewhat proprietary towards them that you're willing to pay for. The one thing that you're going to come for, Amazon is the shipping, right? Walmart is just doing the same thing. It's the shipping, uh, but then. Yeah, what is that value that you're adding to it? That's all great. People are going to constantly ask when it's time for renewal. Uh, am I getting enough value for what I'm paying for? Or am um, I using it enough? Like I pay for a subscription. Am I using enough? Car wash, I don't use enough. But they're also set it and forget it. We are a subscription right. society. We are a subscription society. We are programmed to sign up for things and forget about it. So until we do our annual audit or biannual audit or whatever it is. So we are, as companies or retail stores, banking on the fact that people will forget it. They probably will, by the way, especially if yeah. you price it accordingly yeah. and you are providing enough value that makes it basic, that's enough. It doesn't even have to be a ton of value. It just has to be enough that you're enough giving to stop someone. You questioning it. That's, exactly. That's the criteria. Exactly. It's yes. a no-brainer. I, I, I have. I mean, with no all brainer. due respect to your your day job, Jason. One concern Here it comes. I have. One one concern I have with a lot of subscriptions is they are very one-sided, and they rely on forgetfulness or laziness of the subscriber to maintain more payments than they deserve. And, 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 and there are different ones. Like I say, I think Amazon Prime is brilliant value. I have it and I willingly pay it. But as you say with the Birchbox, that sort of idea, I mean, some of them are like, we'll send you random stuff. How are you gonna keep spending money knowing that because it's random, a high proportion of it will not be what you want? I just think that's crazy. That is such a one-sided subscription that it is designed to fail in mind. That's the difference though between subscription and membership. And that's a very key distinction. Subscription is we are going to do this and we're going to send it to you on a monthly basis and it's a one-way kind of contract and that's it. Membership, you sort of drive some of that decision-making. They, okay, so they, they listen me, to you. Give me an example of a true retail membership. A true retail, honestly, I look at Peloton and I really do think that's a true retail membership. They have a community. They connect you with other Peloton users. You create content from that. Uh, give it back. I think that that Peloton model, that's where I disagree. And I think it's sustainable because it is a true membership. I, I agree. But the fundamental factor that you have there is a lot of people can't be asked to carry on exercising. And that is something they can't control. So it's got a every, every gym has the same problem. You have a high fallout rate when it comes to exercise because people are fickle and they would change their mind, think they've got fit, not, be, not want to do it anymore. So it's not the offer or the value it's the fact you're factoring humans into it and it's and it's and sport sorry training and exercise have historically proven you have high fallout rates so it's no surprise that no matter how much value you add you got humans that don't want to do it after a set number of time and that's, that's, what, means, that's which means your 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 clients become obsolete and you always have yes. to you know your, your target audience is fundamentally flawed because they are flawed and the danger is if you get clients 
who become disenchanted with the program, what are they saying to other people? Yes. That, that goes across the board. Not just well, one company, people are five times more likely to complain than talk about something exactly good. Right. Another inherent human trait. Yeah. So that's the but, but let's, I, let's, I think the point, though. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, I wanted to say, let's let's uh, not talk about Peloton, but look at the other one that is um, the mirror. The mirror Lululemon. thing that uh, Lululemon yeah. bought. Oh, yeah. That, I think, is a good contrast because it is even sort of, I wouldn't even say community, just sort of like cultish because the Lululemon yeah. tribe and cult of Lululemon, really, really loyal people. So I think that's a, a good contrast to the Peloton one because uh, it's not just, because it's not exactly exercise. It's like yoga, spiritual, and then, at the same time, you get to market uh, their program and obviously their clothing. So, you know what? as a contrast, I think that's a brilliant idea. That's yeah. that's that was the I, point I, I was trying to make. Yeah, that was the I point I was trying to make at the beginning. Georgian has a fundamental issue, and I agree with her about the mirror. I will. You know what? It's bad enough. I know Alexa listens to me. Maybe my TV. <laughs> there is no way in hell I would have a mirror in my house. You just set off mine. That can see me. <laughs> Never ever happened. You turn uh, I, 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 I agree. You know I, if you know what's watching you, somebody's sitting in an office going, <laughs> yeah, I'm not supposed to do this, but look at this board. I, no. I, I just want to go back to the point of the conversation. My, my point. My point. I, I, yeah, I guess so. I, my, my point and, and what I think Jeremy was trying to say is that as a retailer, you have an opportunity to create your own tribe and I know certain mom and pops do that already, but but there is a better opportunity out there and memberships, subscriptions is the way to do it. Honestly, memberships and creating your tribe, like going the Apple way, brands have been doing it for a while. And, and if you're not doing it as a retailer, if you're not doing it in, in that way of creating a, a membership community of sorts, you're missing something right now because this is a membership driven society and it's like that all over the world absolutely i am not a good member i i started doing noom in may you know the weight loss and i'm down 22 pounds and i and, and they have every day i have to read four to six articles you're supposed to post on this community board and talk to the people in your group about how you're progressing you're supposed to do all this i don't do any of that i read the articles i track my weight I watched what I eat and it's working great for me. I don't want all those. Hey, no engagement. let's talk to my group today. <laughs> yeah, but you're still doing it. So they win. Not, <laughs> yes, yes that's, that, that is true. Thank you. I'm, I'm not a good member like you're talking about the people of Peloton. Everyone's going to have a different experience. That's not what it's about. You're offering the experience. You're offering the tribe. You're offering the community. And guess yes. what? Who'd, who'd you hear it from? Probably a friend. What? Yes. Well, I mean, that's the social Facebook. instinct that's in humans, you know, which is why we'll always spend more money to eat by going to a restaurant when we can, because we'll happily pay the extra money because there's the social aspect, which is why Lovely. physical retail has an opportunity and holidays and all these, these other things we're being denied during the pandemic. But yeah, I, see, I mean, like Nike do it brilliantly through their app and it's not about paying a monthly fee but they build that community like you say the community was almost a cliche but cliches exist because they're used a lot um, <laughs> and, and and so yeah you see people like nike do it and they leverage their data fantastically well uh they don't charge money for it but what they do is they leverage that no knowledge to sell more so it's an indirect revenue stream rather than exactly exactly yeah. freemium right. subject change bring it on
I get to do roulette here. Jeremy, <laughs> Amazon yes. four star store. Oh, I I I I think it was one of my first uh, few videos that I ever did. You know, and uh, I happened to be in I believe it was was it Chicago? I was at NRF twenty eighteen, I think, and I definitely had to pop by. And um, long story short, yeah, long story short, uh, it it built on a very simple fact that we want to be assured of what we are buying. Other people have bought it. Someone like the herd immunity. I'm oh, sorry, herd uh mentality, herd mentality. And uh, the entire concept works because they actually just transferred successfully the online experience to a physical store because all the ratings and the things that people bought this, also bought this other thing, you know, things, elements like that, they are online. Uh, they managed to replicate it uh, physically. So I think that was an interesting concept um, because we're always clueless, right, what to buy. So it's better to refer on somebody else who bought it. And you look at the number of stars, four stars, 5,000 people bought this. Surely 5,000 people can't be wrong, right? So it, it builds on that. But more importantly, I always think that uh, the only thing they're trying to sell you is the Amazon Prime, the membership. Because exactly. you will come to a point whereby you grab all these things, you go to the counter to pay up, they will always upsell you the uh, Prime membership. And it's just an easy choice because you have a you know friendly, smiling person, a human being trying to sell it to you rather than clicking something on the computer versus clicking. Yeah. And you have that immediate need for that uh, shipment, physical delivery to your place. You don't have to carry it around, right? So I think that's compelling. That to me is now, what makes it successful. To me, the Amazon four-star store, it, you know why it's four-star, right? Because nobody believes yes, five-star ratings. But they yeah. a, four, a four rating or four and a half is better than a five. To me, I go into those stores and I always find all kinds of things. But mm -hmm. to me, it looks like a garage sale. <laughs> Just a bunch of stuff on shelves. You know, there might be a section of here's books, but then there's books over here too, and they're back there. And you know, they do it so you go through the entire store. But it makes my it makes my visual merchandising brain explode every time I go in there. Every see, time. I'm oh, glad fair. you said that because they just don't, they just opened the first one in the UK, and I went to see it two weeks ago, and I was intrigued because I I saw Jeremy's review and I've read about the the American ones, and I went in and I was a bit like. So why does this store, I understand the psychology of why the store exists. And I understand it's another test lab for data gathering. Um, data. But the problem is, what's your reason? Now, normally, if you go to a store, you go, you go to a grocery, you go to buy food. Okay. You go to a fashion store, you go to buy clothes. What do you go to mm. buy in a four-star store? Stuff, you Stuff don't that need. other people like. Impulse. No, yeah but, it's, but it's, yeah, but it's like... What's in the store? Stuff that other people like. What do you mean stuff? Well, just stuff. So is it an electronic store? Is it a clothing? No, it's just stuff other people like. So the very reason to go is the power of the Amazon brand, not the pro, because they don't tell you what the, the store sells, because it will be whatever is popular. Exactly. So, so yeah. you're, it's an Hey, hey everyone, I have to say goodbye. I'm so sorry, but it, <laughs> was, okay. it was good jumping on and uh, look forward to talking soon. Cheers. Thanks, Jason. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Jason. So, so, so I, I was like, you don't know what the store sells. They can't market what the store sells. And, and so every other store in the world, you know what you're going to get. It's a food store. It's a fashion store. This is a popular store. So that reason to go drop. And I agree. You go in and the store's a bloody mess. They just ram stuff in and it looks like a nasty travel retail store in a cheap <laughs> airport.
It it's rammed together. I mean, it's all neat and clean, but you've got you've got baby clothes next to gardening. You know, there's there is no cohesion sure. to the categories, and it's all sure. rammed in together. Now they work hard in the bits they do. It's very clinical. You know, the category headings very clear. The subcategories yeah. are quite funny. You know, unputdownable books as a subcategory, and I like that. And then you get all the power of the recommendations, and this is where the four stars coming in because, as Jeremy yeah. says, those ratings are one of the biggest drivers for purchase there because you trust other people you know it's recommendation territory well you see that Loads a lot of quotes. bookstores where the book you, 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 staff you, recommended you know well there was a waterstones next door to the four star which i found quite interesting because i've always thought waterstones is is the biggest uh, chain of bookstores in in the uk and their their stores are a mess as well they don't they don't not easy to go but it was right next door and you were going around and and, and, and as you said huge space given to alexa and the fire tablet mm. and all this and a whole promotion on um prime and then there was another interesting category which was what's trending now in blue water which is the shopping mall i was in so they will curate that little that's category based on what that's a nice touch but all of it is cold calculated technical and functional there was no warmth in the store you know it didn't fit well, you know they could have the they could have solved the categories, you know, they could have introduced the categories, cross-fertilized categories. It didn't. It was just rows of stuff rammed in. And then it. the same thing in four different places. I, I want to say that I'm that I'm right. I could be wrong. I, I think the store that we went in most recently, the walls were black. And the um, black. I think the walls were blue, but the unitary was but black. The units were black. The, the gondolas were black. Yeah. Yes. I did yeah. spend a lot of time walking around in there and the entire, to me, with my merchandising brain, it's confusing to me. And I yes. just, I want to start re-merchandising it, which is a, which is a problem for me in stores. I, I, I mean, Amazon get a lot of, they get the technicalities right. They get the data gathering, yeah. you know, they're very, but their retail experiences are normally efficient. Um, right. And that is both a good and bad thing. The only time I've seen them do it well, they did a Black Friday pop-up probably three or four years ago in London. It was a big old Georgian house. And you walked in there, these experiences, it was almost like Situ Live, where they were just showcasing people were cooking and demonstrating the products. And it was brilliant. But you know, that wasn't Amazon. It was the agency that came up with the concept. Put it together. And they went, yeah, that's cool. And it was open for a week. All Amazon stores, I mean, we've got the, is it the Amazon Fresh? You know, they're, they're just, just grab and go. Yeah. Tech. They're just rebranded yeah. them, aren't they? Um, and I love that. In, but convenience food, needs to be clinical you know you're not selling dreams you're like, I want to yeah. Get, yeah i want to get my lunch and go i want to buy coffee so Bring that on. environment suits the amazon style the amazon right. four is i love the i'm intrigued by the concept but how do you market a shop that sells stuff other people like and how do you define it any more than that you know it's it's, it's just a concept aggregating all yeah. the thing that's trending it's not something by choice it's it's a yeah. display of their data capabilities exactly in, engaging taste Engaging it's, taste it's, and it's intriguing, but it's not enjoyable. There's a dish drainer that 10,000 people bought and ranked it. A, it's a dish drainer. It's $5.99. Does it belong? How would you know, know? If you needed a dish drainer, how would you know that the Amazon Four Star is the place to go to? How do you know not. they've got a dish drainer in there? This is what I mean. If you've got a, a shopping mission, which is I need a dish drainer. I'm going to a houseware store. Exactly. Yeah. So why, you know, so why go to Amazon? You go to Amazon proactively out of curiosity. So everything you buy will be an impulse purchase apart from the Amazon products. Right. You know, Whereas, any, you, know is, you can't it, rely it, on impulse purchase. You know, it doesn't make sense. Sometimes, sometimes it's the thrill of the hunt. 
that you're not, you don't know what you're looking for, but it's the throw yeah. of the word. And that's probably, well, it's really true. But, well, I, I know what I you mean. And Amazon are powerful enough that you'd be curious to go and have a look. And the power of their brand, they can leverage in a way a startup couldn't do a store like that. You know, he's right. But let me tell you guys, when we ever have the opportunity to get together, we'll, we'll put Rich in a store and have Rich have to buy something. <laughs> he, um, the very first time that Rich and I traveled together, we were in Boston and he wanted to buy his wife a sweatshirt. And we were in a store that had all these different sweatshirts in there. And you were like a chicken with its head cut off. You were going from rack to rack to rack. You couldn't figure out what to get her. And then he's going, I have to get an extra small. And I'm thinking, come on, there's no way in hell your wife is really an extra small. She is. She's a model. <laughs> you live. But he's, he, you could not make a decision. Finally, I was like, here's two. Pick one. Okay, that one. Good, we're gone. So I, I, I want to see you in action in an Amazon four-star store when we're all together sometime. So now that I'm more mature, uh, I think that I would, I would load a basket very quickly in the Amazon store. Let's take that back. They don't have baskets. Well, you know what They I'm should. Saying. Okay, and before we wrap this up, I want to talk about one more thing. Um, Rich and I this morning were talking about automatic, automated stores like Amazon Go. And there was one um, in a in Midway Airport that I went into to buy things mm -hmm. prior to our flight. And it's, it's the same thing, you know, you log in with your credit card, your app, whatever. Um, but none of the items in this store were marked. There were not prices on anything. There were electronic tickets that some of them were working, some of them were not. I was hesitant to buy anything because I didn't know how much anything was. And like Rich said, you don't know what they're putting on your credit card. You're out of the store before you get the email that tells you what you're buying. So Ian, Tesco just opened a Tesco Get-Go, the first yeah. fully automated store with no people yeah. working there. There are see, I visited it two weeks before they applied all the technology, so I was I went in too soon. Um, but I've read a few <laughs> reviews, and I could see it. I mean, it, it seems to employ similar technology to Amazon in that they've got shelf sensors and cameras. So there's a, a weight thing on the shelf and a camera that's observing and using AI. Um, mm. So the reports I've read have said it works very smoothly. No one has you know been critical of the experience. The only challenge that I have when this is a big city center convenience store is, you know, a friend of mine went in and said, it only took five minutes to download the app and get it set up. They are targeting office workers who will be coming out at lunchtime. They want to get their meal deal, sandwich, packet of you know crisps or chips, as you call them, and a drink and get back. That five minute investment becomes a massive barrier at that time because oh, I'm not going to wait five minutes. I just want to grab my bloody sandwich and go, even though that five minute investment makes every other shop afterwards easier and quicker. And, and I had almost had an online argument with with a guy on LinkedIn about this this week because I go, this is a barrier. And they're going, yeah, but it, the staff are there at the front and they help and explain. And it's so easy. And I went, I know it's easy but you've got people who are in a rush and they don't want any friction or barrier because they've got a 30 minute lunch break. And the more time they waste in the shop, there's less time relaxing or eating their food. So it is a barrier to engagement. The Amazon store, you press a button on your prime and you're in and you go. So the, the barrier to entry on the Amazon store is minimal. The Tesco one is a five minute. And I'm not saying it won't overcome because eventually we'll get used to this technology. It'll be more prevalent and we will understand that investment in time right now doing it in the center of london i think mm -hmm. a lot of people go i can't be bothered 
tons of people. You know what? Now that you mention it, the store that's at Midway Airport, you have to, it's not an app. You have to put your credit card in every time. So you got to go over to this machine and, and that yeah. can be in the rear end. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap up this issue of retail adventures with Kaiser and Bender and Baum and C and Scott? <laughs> Sounds like a law office. Yeah, I mean, it's quickly, quickly. We never do anything quickly. But um, it was, I think it was Macy's, you said, one of these big American retailers I was reading about were planning to separate their online and their physical store operations, which to me goes against every principle everyone's been banging on about. So I was intrigued to see what you Americans think of that. We agree with you. And um, I think Saks has already done that. Hmm. But I don't know that it was Macy's itself that wanted to do that it was recommended by some financial organization yeah um i don't know if it'll actually happen no not, it did. not you know financial uh, uh, i'm gonna probably get booed on this one financial companies financial guys really are great retailers they should make more rules and destroy the world for guys. Are you being sarcastic, Rich? I am, man. More, <laughs> more financial guys running retail companies. But it's, it's, it's like stealing a car and stripping it for parts. I mean, you, you can understand exactly. how, a, how a spreadsheet will go, they're worth more separately. And I go, only if you sell them both now and run away and lie on a beach. Because right. if you try and stand there and operate with one on its own, it's going to fall flat on its ass within six months. So but, that's yeah, yeah. the concern. Yeah, and when you say separate entities, I mean, when you say separate operations, you actually mean separate entities, right? Which means operating and trading own... separately under the Correct. same so, brand name. So each will have their own, like, say, inventory, accounting, and uh, I whatever. think so. I, I I don't know the full detail. That's why I was intrigued because I was just like, "Whoa, is this real? How does it work then?" Like, I buy, I buy a lot of things from Macy's online from their website, and um, when I I bought a sweater the other day, and I had the choice. I could have it delivered to my house. I could, I could have it delivered to the store and I could pick it up at the store. Um, or I could order it and have it sent to the store. So I always choose if it's in the store, I'll go pick it up. Now, yeah. if they separate those, do I still have those options? I don't know, because you'd end up with different yes. stock. It may be available online. Yes. You go in the store and they have them. There may be different I, I can answer points. You, I, can, I can answer you that, uh, Josh. Yes, because uh, I believe my company does the uh, inventory for entire Macy and uh, they are a, a good customer case because um, because they have 100% visibility of all the inventory, they can sell down to the last unit confidently, whether it's online or offline. Yeah. Uh, they, have, they will avoid this problem of seasonality because sometimes if you have a certain seasons of clothes tucked in one corner and you discover it in the winter season and you discover it in summer, you have to get rid of it with sales, right? So that's lost margin, right? So... Uh, things like that uh, you can avoid if you have all this inventory visibility. And for Macy's, I believe they have clear uh, inventory um, uh, uh, visibility and they can yeah. switch back and forth. Guess, I guess on the financial part and the accounting part, they will separate the books, yeah? How the thing yeah. is uh, being calculated. Yeah, I, I, it's a fundamental mistake separating anything like that. And it, like you say, you should all be on one accounting book because you know we, we, we know that a website will drive footfall into store and vice versa. You know, so you, you're sitting there looking at how much cash is in the till register of a shop. That has nothing to do with how much business that shop has generated these days. As, a consumer, it, as a consumer, I don't want to know that there's any difference. No, I don't want you to don't. Know. It's, it's Macy's. Right. Lord and Taylor, Lord and Taylor closed all its stores here. 
And now all of a sudden, and it was a the one year us was a gorgeous store. And now all of a sudden there's Lord and Taylor online. I never go to their website. I have no reason to go to their website because there's not a store for me to equate it to. Yeah. You know, if it was just a website that opened up, you know, georgesclothing.com and they never had a physical store, you know, I might go to that. But to me as a consumer, I need to see Macy's as a store, Macy's online, they're seamless. And I don't want to see any. Any we, we, we had this in the UK. There was uh, one of the established department stores called Debenhams went bust, and it was either Boohoo or Asos bought them because there was they another similar. Um, and then they closed all the department stores, and it's just an online brand. And we've just read that they're about to open possibly a health and beauty store in Manchester soon. But but I I think it's fundamentally flawed. I mean, one, you should have physical and, and online offering anyway. Yes. But a brand that was built on the basis of a department store to remove all the physical stores. I'm going that that website and online business. It was the 10th biggest online uh, commercial retail website in the UK. But because of the foundation of the department stores, you take those department stores away and it's just another website. It's, it's disconnect. Stores. Yeah, because I, I mean, I can't as a consumer, I can't, I can't put my head around shopping at Lord and Taylor online because their buyers are gone, their offices are gone, their merchandisers are gone. Who's buying that stuff? Where's it? You know, who's choosing it? I, it's the same tsunami as we kind of went through mentally when Marshall Fields went away and Macy's came in, and people were set in a in a in a tip. Not the same. Not the mm -hmm. same. Was, I think uh, was the name uh, changes with the store and the staff are the same. Jeremy, I don't know. Something just came in my head. Why why Macy could have done that? I think it has to do with finances, and I think it could have something to do with rental. Put it this way: um, if you know how much you sell uh, in the store, physical store, and versus online, when you pay rental for the for the uh, what you call it, the, the the department store, you can say, I think there are some rental contracts whereby uh, a certain percentage of your yeah. your your the, sales, your online sales, will, will, yeah. No, no, no. The offline ones, the a certain percentage of offline sales is what the landlord will will will, will charge on, like ten percent of your sales above this basic minimum is based on your your till sales at the physical store. So if they can separate the books, likelihood that the number will be smaller, and then they will pay less rent at the department uh to the landlord. I think that's the, the, the challenge is keeping that customer access still fluid. Yeah. That I agree. It's, so if it's an accounting seamless. separation, but in reality, all the same stock sold across all the channels, right. that's fine. That's but yeah, here works. in yeah, the UK, we, 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 I had a chat with um, a guy from a company called JLL who, who were involved in oh, consulting with you. And, and yep. he was saying, you know, trying to advise on rental is very difficult at the moment because some landlords are offering percentage of sale deals. So we go, we'll take 10% of your sales as rent. Yeah. But they're yeah. turning around and going, but I also want a slice of your click and collect. And I also want a slice of your online sales because they've recognized the store influences those Correct. as well. But he said Correct. to me, how do you work out how much online sales? You know, this is uncharted territory. It's like a blank page right. uh, and, right. and it will settle down over time. But it, it was great that there was a recognition that there's this cross fertilization between online and offline and that they feed each other. You know, people yeah. just see it as such a one-way thing into it online and they forget the power and influence of the physical store and the online combined. And it's not one or the other. And it's like we Correct. all buy exactly. online. We all buy in store. You know, people make it exactly. black and white. It's not. We all do both, you know, you know and it's it, understanding it, that. Kind of something, 
that kind of is an, an aside to this. Um, I was in Nordstrom a couple weeks ago and I, I wanted to buy something that I buy all the time. It's a bra and I bought it forever and they always have it in Nordstrom stores. It's a basic they, forever. They've had it years and years and years and years. So I go into the store to pick it up and they say, we don't carry that in the store anymore. We only have it online. So to me, in that store, to have to, I'm physically in your store. You've already pissed me off that you don't have something that you've had for 20 years. But now all of a sudden, I have to buy it online and have it into my it. house in a couple of weeks. And I have to give you my credit card and go through the whole thing. You know what I did? Hmm. Whipped out my phone. I went to Amazon. I found it on a, with a, a local retailer, or one of their Amazon sellers. I hit a button and I had it the next morning by 10 a.m. Yeah. If you would have bought it from them, it would have been at least three, four days a week. So that's and I would have had, and I would have had to fill out all the credit card information okay. and all the. So that's that's the difference. Yeah, you know what? If you're, if I'm buying it online, it's got to be simple. Yeah. And that was correct right. right to that, but well, that that's the USP of online is is convenience, isn't it? You know, it's, yes. it, and it it's a functional transaction, but it's quick and easy. You know, and the accessibility. If and I the can speed. pick this up here. I'm going to pick this up here. If I have to run around the office twice to pick it up, keep it. Yes. Right. Else. Back to back to these fickle humans who want everything easy and, and will change our minds all the time. Apart easy. from <laughs> apart from George Ann when it comes to bras, because she buys the same thing for 20 years. That was an analogy. But loyal I, loyal I repeat to... customer. That's the, your word, I'm gold a, dust. A, you know what? But I was the repeat customer for a number of years. Yes. And but they don't have anyone. I don't. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. I'm gonna go right, and I'm gonna. Ain't nobody got time. Right. I'm gonna order. Should we end on end on Bragate, shall we? Bragate. <laughs> Bragate. Oh, I'm gonna put a. I'm gonna create a poster. Oh, for God's sake! I'm pretty sure that all of your wives go to the grocery store and pick up a packet of underwear for the three of you. So shut up. <laughs> Kaiser, you probably haven't bought your own underwear in 60 years. You do know we're still recording, don't you? Georgia? I know we're recording. <laughs> George, I don't wear underwear. Ew. This isn't the post-recording <laughs> chat. We're still alive. Ew. I don't even want to we can edit it out. <laughs> so, until next time, I'm George Ann Bender. With me is Rich Kaiser, Jeremy C., Ian Scott, um, Jason Baum dropped off. Together we are Retail Adventures with Kaiser and Bender and Baum and C and Scott. Ta-da! You can find the Retail Adventures podcast anywhere that you like to listen to podcasts. And we are always here to answer your questions. You can find us on our various websites. You can find all of us on LinkedIn. And if you have any questions or want to talk retail or give us a subject, we are more than happy to entertain a conversation. We're the inspiration spot. We all, play, we all politely laugh. <laughs> 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 well, until next time, we're retail adventures. See you soon. Bye. Bye.